Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am Kyle Fincham. This is Behind the Movement, and my guest is Nikolai Pavlas. Thrilled to share this conversation with you. Nikolai and I just met this past week in Hamburg, Germany, and we had some nice brief conversations and decided we should uh, have something a little more long form. And if we were doing that, we may as well record it too. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be sharing this one with you. Um, I just returned back to New York. I'm uh, kind of getting reorganized here after uh, almost three months away. Um, the tour was amazing. I can't thank uh, everyone enough who came out and participated in events to people who hosted me and, and you know gave me places to sleep and, and showed me around their cities. And yeah, it was really a special experience. So, so thank everyone. Thanks to everyone who uh, played um, all the different roles in helping it come together. Um, now that I'm back in the U.S., I've got uh, some events coming up. Um, a week from tomorrow, here in New York, I'm going to do a pop-up in the city. It's just going to be two hours. It's going to be from 12 to 2 uh, on Saturday, August 27th in Prospect Park. Um, yeah, it's a donation-based event, so everyone is welcome, and uh, you can pay what you can. Um, yeah, so if you're anywhere in New York, I would love to see you there for that. Um, and then coming up in September, I will be headed to Ottawa for a, a two-day Infinite Play event, and that'll be on September 17th and 18th, and there's still early bird pricing available for that. Um, and then I will be headed to Portland, Oregon on October 8th and 9th, and there's also early bird pricing available for that event as well. Um, yeah, would love to see you at any or all of these. For more information, you can just go to my website, kylefincham.com, and you can also sign up for my newsletter, my weekly moves letter is what I call it. Um, yeah, where I send out some thoughts and some writing pieces and, you know, books and movies and podcasts that I think are interesting, as well as uh, updates on the things that I have going on. So, uh, yeah, you can uh, subscribe there and also get information about the uh, upcoming events and things I'll be sharing. Um, that's what I got. Let's get to this podcast. As I said, uh, Nikolai and I just met and uh, had some nice conversations in person. Um, he recently opened a studio in Hamburg, a movement school called the Art to Move. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get to make it out there to see it. My time in Hamburg was, was pretty be brief and was an in and out uh, experience. But um, yeah, the number of uh, students of his came into the workshop and they were all so wonderful and, you know, um, the images and, and videos that I've seen online, the place looks absolutely beautiful. If you're not familiar with Nikolai, let me give you a little bit of his background. Um, from a young age, he was very interested in all kinds of sports. From soccer to martial arts, he found his way to skateboarding. And through his teenage years, his wish to becoming strong and buff and brought him into the world of strength training. One thing he never really did 
was commit to anything for very long. He jumped from practice to practice until he found physical development by way of strength training. Some years went by and he decided to become a trainer as this was the thing he was very passionate about. With this realization, he started to look at things differently. Even more than before, he was interested in understanding the why behind what he was learning and doing. At around 18, he became a licensed PT and started to work in a gym while he finished school. Soon after, he got bored with what he was doing in the gym and decided that he wanted to do more with his body. For a couple years, his focus was solely on getting stronger. But then he opened his eyes and stumbled upon a fellow coach in the gym who was teaching a parkour class. He joined. A couple of weeks later, a friend showed him a video of Ido Portal, and soon he found himself at an international workshop in Zurich. This was around 2014, and he dove deeply and met all the beautiful souls and teachers and friends along the way who really shaped the person he is today. And now, some years into the future, he's opened his own school in Hamburg, The Art to Move. This was a really special conversation. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's not waste any more time. This is my conversation with Nikolai Pavlos. I'm still so bummed that I didn't make it over to the studio, but it was just such like a fast trip. But yeah, I, was, yeah, I, sure. I saw like some of the stuff you posted recently and the space looks so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I, it is. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? No, it's kind of a, my dream dream place, obviously has some limitations, but I'm I'm so happy how it turned out and how, yeah, what a, what a home it has become for me and also for, for the students as well. Like I like get it so often how, how happy people are to come and how, how comfortable they are as well, like just in the space, not like a, you know, like a reg- regular fitness training space. I don't know where you move in and out and then don't want to <laughs> spend more time there. Uh, it was really very important to have like a, yeah, nice community. I mean, actually it's also community built even like we like the whole, at least like a big portion of the group helped like putting the floor in and painting the walls and like, you know, everything that was quite, quite special as well. All the energy that they went in there. Right. So they're like, everybody feels like they have like a, like a small sense of like ownership over it a little bit. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 And it, it was quite amazing. I mean, we basically, we had a couple of people who like never before had a like electric screwdriver or anything in their hand and then like with a couple of instructions suddenly everyone was like building like the floor and like hammering and like doing things they've never done before uh, and then it's, yeah it's part of part of the studio now so this is it's quite amazing right you can like you can see that people have put their hands on it yeah 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 and it's not perfect Mm-hmm. so you see you see that it's kind of self-made in no, in no way huh so it's not like a professional it's youtube built basically <laughs> hey but, uh, it can I be done did. yeah it can be for sure <laughs> what was like the the decision process like to 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 decide to open a space so <clears throat> i would say maybe in the back of my mind i kind of always romanticized this idea from the beginning of when I was younger, I did some martial arts and I had this like 
idea of like being a martial arts master and you know like the i don't know childish dreams maybe but um so it was like a nice romantic vision of yeah i'm, I'm like in the studio i'm living there and then i can do like my training the whole day and i mean this was just a short glimpse so something was there and then eventually i just uh, yeah did the worked as a trainer a lot eventually i went into the movement culture did like build up some online coaching because i had the, another romantic idea how amazing it would be to be like very like location independent and be able to like work from from everywhere do what i love and travel and do all the workshops i want to do etc also my my girlfriend or fiance actually is um a musical actor so she is traveling a lot and i thought oh how beautiful i can just travel with her etc and then I did this for one or two years, ditched all my groups as well. I had previously like small groups here in Hamburg as well. Um, and I realized, well, I'm missing a big, big piece of why I'm doing it. <laughs> like the actually personal relationship and this getting back from people. How, like I noticed how, it, how nourishing it is for me, how it's like this spark in my brain as well, like to develop new stuff. I need to be with the people and like live it in a way, like in a very physical and interactive way um so this was like the spark in my head that then eventually was like okay i need to create something in i mean wherever but my choice was hamburg um and yeah kind of the pieces uh, <laughs> fell in the right place um I, I i talked to my mother about it and she's also a teacher she's a teacher of alexander technique in, in hamburg um so she has a studio as well and because she met somebody who was renting something on the street she knew for like 30 years uh he was telling her that he is renting a space somewhere blah 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 blah, blah. and through this i kind of stumbled upon the studio and was like in love uh, and then decided to to do it actually there were a couple of more hardships in the way in the sense of I first found another studio, but then this didn't work out and I had all the planning done with another place and I had to really uh, dig deep and then open this one now that is there because it's like double the size I wanted originally the space to be. <laughs> so all the logistics and financial pressures and everything I had to um, yeah, work my, 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 my way through, but definitely like so worth it like i would be obviously you never know but with what i know now i would have been very unhappy with the other place <laughs> mm -hmm. and i'm i'm in a really like yeah very good space here now so i remember when i was there we chatted a little bit because like i had told you <clears throat> about owning the space myself and like having the period where i enjoyed it but then also having that feeling of like oh like now i now i really can't go anywhere yeah for sure yeah how do you how do you how do you feel about that experience i guess it's still new so it's like it hasn't you know you haven't had a lot of opportunities no, to I, like reflect on for sure i think it's the honeymoon phase <laughs> <laughs> so let's have another chat in maybe two years um but for me kind of the realization i had when i was traveling um more i mean i never really like traveled like months on end but like the trips i did etc i was always that i'm so happy when i return home to my like space and i mean not even the movement space just the like hamburg and my like usual environment and and the kind of stability in a way i created for myself here and the, the environment i created so i think um 
it's just, I mean, I know that in a couple of weeks, months, years, whatever, I will be missing being completely free. But um, I think there is always like some price you have to pay <laughs> for, for the decision. And it's just uh, kind of the, um, yeah, the pain or the, I, I read something. I actually, I, I forgot of, um, I think it's Mark Manson, you know, Mark Manson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, the satellite. I think it wasn't the satellite of not giving a fuck. Um, it was a thing he said that it's not really about what you want to do and like what your dream is. I'm paraphrasing here, but it's more about what you're willing to suffer for in the sense of like, think about this direction. Okay, what kind of like pain you're willing to tolerate uh, for the thing you want to do? So to being not completely free is something I'm very willing to tolerate for the value I gain by the community, by the consistency, the stability, the, yeah, just space that I have. Um, so. Well, sounds like, I mean, just from getting to be there, maybe it was like unique circumstances because, you know, it was like my last stop in Europe and everything, but I was, I didn't realize Hamburg had kind of this like flourishing movement community. Yeah. It's getting there, right? <laughs> I actually, I kind of was also very surprised <laughs> because we're, we're all kind of separated in different parts of Hamburg. And even though the kind of teachers, we're very good friends and we actually train together very often as well. Um, the groups are still very disconnected in a way. Um, yeah, because I think maybe physical distance, uh, maybe lack of cultivating the getting together. We'll see what, what comes of this in the future. But yeah, it's, we have a couple of people who actually put in the work for yeah, a lot of years now and uh, kind of growing this idea. And we always, when we are talking, we're like, yeah, soon the movement thing will explode and everything, <laughs> everybody will know about it and blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, now that I've seen it, uh, sometimes it's good perspective to see how much there actually is, right? How, how much community there already has, has developed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you have ideas to kind of like, I mean, like you said, like uh, you and some of the other teachers meet up, like do, are there ideas more than just kind of like when traveling workshops come in to like do some sort of bigger gatherings with everybody? Not explicitly. I think there probably should be. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had a couple of events in Hamburg where Actually, other people try to create some movement festival thing. Um, and it was always nice, uh, not necessarily because of the festival, but because of the getting together of the people who were invited and who like, like, took, the, took the chance. So, yeah, I think we definitely need to make that happen. Um, some sort of, yeah, gathering, community gathering, exchange, uh, seeing who's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's like just like lots of like similarities, but like these like unique backgrounds, right? Like you said, like you yeah. kind of like came from like martial arts and stuff. And you got Simon who, you know, done so many different things, but he also like, you know, like he's this like spoon carver, you know, and then you got Aggie, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, brown belt in jujitsu and judo and things. Yeah. It's just like, it's a really kind of, and I'm sure there are other movement teachers too, but just like the glimpse that I got, I was like, oh, this is like, a lot of unique people kind of gathering under a similar umbrella. Yeah, for sure. I also 
one thing I, I think I'm I haven't experienced much of other cities, communities, or teachers. I mean, I know I know some teachers, but not so much the like interaction between the groups. But I think what's very special is that we are very open and and connected. Like that, the teachers actually are very good friends for many years now, and we developed something that is under the same umbrella, like you said. But we are such unique human beings, and I know like the people who come to Simon's group. Obviously, they're also in a different part of Hamburg, but. They're also different, have different different interests. I'm mean, a very different human being. I think very differently to Simon. I teach differently. Same with Iggy as well, even though he's more closely to, uh, like he's also teaching in, in, in the same part of town. But yeah, we have just very different styles. And from the beginning, we were kind of like also honestly talking about this, that the main thing we all can do in order to help each other is to raise awareness for this different kind of, physicality and being together being um yeah being with your body because i mean in theory everybody that not everybody but let's say a big like large amount of people who join the regular fitness clubs or whatever would theoretically be interested in what we do um if they get access and if they get the opportunity to experience this um because a lot of people just want to feel better in their body. A lot of people want to find a group to fit in, to communicate with, um, to maybe yeah, look a little bit better even in their body, feel better, be connected, um, do something. And we can kind of offer this. And so from the beginning, it was like, yeah, let's just push this movement thing in Hamburg. And uh, if I know somebody who I think, oh, yeah, would fit very well in Simon's group, I send him over to him. Um, for example, he's doing a lot of kids' classes, etc. So everybody that I know who has kids, I'm sending over to him. <laughs> and yeah, this is kind of the connection we have. Yeah, I appreciate that generosity. I just think that there, I, I would love to see more of that, not just in movement, just in like life in general of this kind of like, yeah, this this spreading of of things and realizing that like it's not competitive, that like everybody can support one another and like maybe there's reciprocity, maybe there's like indirect reciprocity, but yeah. like, you know, it, it feeds every, nourishes everybody, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. not in that way where you see it directly every time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's very like this, I mean, in a way we are direct competitors, but <laughs> also we think like growing the market in a way and, and, and like, it's abundant. Like there are so many fucking humans in Hamburg, <laughs> right? So it's just the more we can like spread the word, the better it is. And then because we're so different, whoever will want to find me will find me and the other person will find Iggy or Simon or whoever is teaching. Um, so I think this is the, yeah, this is the way we can just cultivate our individual, individual individuality and, um, work on what we have to offer and then this is what will do the job hopefully i mean i'm still doing this and growing <laughs> I, th I don't know i mean i i feel like you're doing something unique and interesting like even getting to like have you at the workshop and seeing like how like your willingness to be kind of call it vulnerable like in front of your own students and like take risks and like be 
blur the lines between competence and incompetence, you know, like that, that's, I don't think everybody has, I think that can be challenging for people like in front of the people that are paying them, you know, to be like, Oh, like I'm going to get out there and I'm going to, I'm going to surprise myself and I'm going to let you see me surprise myself. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you brought that out for sure. Like in the workshop, you, you cultivated that, but yeah, I think, also, it was very challenging for me as well, and it is. Um, but because, um, so I, what, what we do in, in the school, like in, in my classes and my coaching, a lot of this is, um, even though we use, we move and we use the practice and we learn cool moves and, and get stronger and more flexible or whatever, what we, what that is, we do is, much more interesting to me is the like deeper layer behind that that permeates more also in the other parts other parts of life for me the movement idea is just um kind of a playing field that i use because it's where my interest lies um where i can generate certain experiences for myself and for the students that work with me to yeah discover i mean the challenges they face the persons they are maybe also the um unique uniqueness and perspective they they possess and i think this is very present in different parts of life as well and not everybody has to choose movement for that and i can totally respect that like some people i mean i i talked a lot with marcello about this as well um that some people find it in cooking you know the sushi masters that that work like years on perfecting how to make this and some people find it in art some people find it in music or whatever uh, some people find it in multiple things hopefully um and for me just the most dominant and most accessible is the the movement world and um with saying that all the movement is what we do but then the experience of making mistakes, growing through those mistakes, learning that making mistakes or whatever mistakes are is not a problematic thing, but actually the thing we need to do. Um, Being cool with being very, very weird and not being able to do stuff. Um, I'm very open on what I practice at the moment, what I can't do, like Mm -hmm. what projects I tried, but I failed because I couldn't pull through something or whatever. It's a very, try to make it kind of relatable. because also maybe it's the perspective I have now because I'm in local focus now more than online stuff, but I see so many people who are very obviously idolized and very special and, and guru-like, whatever, um, and, and not showing, showing certain vulnerability. And maybe it's good to do this because it sells very well. Um, but I think that it's especially for the people who um, maybe need a little bit more encouragement to find this because they, I mean, if, if we are honest, most people that come into the movement culture or community or however we want to call this space we are in are people who are drawn, like our teachers in like, wanting to coach people or are like just very deep into this field already and and 
I think the value for the people who really aren't deep into this field and really don't find their way easily into this self-cultivation cultivation thing, into this building awareness, etc. Just the day-to-day -day normal people who live in Hamburg, Ottensen, uh, like those people really benefit from this. And I think it's important to show them it's not about being able to do everything. It's just like, like literally figuring it out um and enjoying yeah enjoying the the way um doing doing so um i recently thought about instagram etc and i mean in the workshop we talked a little bit about this as well the like world of perfection etc and even i have this notion of i need to be a specific way like very disciplined and hustling and whatnot like you know really diving into this but then i realized when i look back on the last like years of what i did i achieved amazing things and i'm really proud of what i achieved but never uh, did i have my shit together really like <laughs> i wasn't particularly disciplined in a way of how we perceive that normally You know, I, I wasn't like very strict and didn't make like excuses. And it was just a, I tried to keep it together, like follow this path, follow the like broad direction of where I want to go. I had my goals. I planned everything. I ditched the plan hundreds of times. I missed the practice or missed the whole project, even though I said I really wanted to do it. And, you know, but in the totality of this, the direction I followed, kind of brought me where I am now and I'm yeah very happy with that but I never figured out what I need to do like honestly before that it was just chaos and then stumbling through uh, and I think it's very important for people to see this <laughs> yeah I think that you're you, I mean you said it kind of at like the beginning of your your statement there that like there are these people who kind of like end up in these kind of guru type positions or figurehead positions and It's definitely not intentional, but I think that for people, there ends up being this like perception sometimes of like perfection and that like that, that, that there's something in that person that's aspirational, not just their ideas. And maybe aspiration is maybe not even the, the, the ideal kind of motivator, you know, maybe it should just be that it, in, it in, inspires curiosity. But I, I've felt that in the past where there are people who I look at and I'm like, oh, like that's, that's what I'm aiming for. And then yeah. something will happen, you know, where they're, you realize that they're fallible or that mm -hmm. they're imperfect. And it's like this huge blow because you're like, mm -hmm. oh, wait, you're a human. So what have I been aspiring towards? Like I thought yeah, I was yeah. on my way to like, you know, enlightenment. You know, also with the idea that enlightenment or something was perfection when that's not the case at all either. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I think that that's a really tough position for people to fall into at every level of, of being just the teacher, like of a school or being somebody who like goes out like I do and, and does workshops or someone who becomes like a figurehead of a, of a larger movement. Like, yeah, man, like, it's something that I feel like I've really reflected on in the last few months of this idea of being like, Oh, how do how how to keep that like humanness 
mm-hmm. in in how I present myself. Absolutely, and I mean, like a hundred percent that, and then with the fact as well that this, like. When I'm looking into the world, obviously I'm looking for this inspiration, right? I'm, I want to be inspired by things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in a way, also it's an you, you have. I think it's also very beneficial and important to have this side where you you show things where people think, oh wow, this would be very cool. Um, but then the yeah, it, this this balance of not not falling in the trap like you just just said of making this the you know the perfection type but like presenting the the whole picture um is yeah it's 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 so important like i mean with because also in a in a very we are very driven by like our environment our community the leaders of whatever like people maybe a couple of steps ahead of us because we think okay they figured something out they um they are at somewhere where i also maybe want to be um maybe the mistake we do is that we take this little thing of where we can take inspiration from from and blow it up into this whole person that suddenly this little thing is like everything like oh he managed to like i don't know arbitrary example managed to do a one-arm handstand this means he really has everything together and he probably does everything i like i can't do perfectly (laughs) Mm. um and and we get inspired by that and this is actually kind of great to be inspired by something because it moves us in something and we experience and, and explore um but it's always yeah important to check this as well i think <laughs> to see what it, i mean i forget what it's called but it's like a it's a psychological psychology term it's like a cognitive illusion that we have um have you ever read thinking fast and slow by danny kahneman oh i actually never did it's on my reading list <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's really really good i maybe i should reread it because it's a really nice book but it's one of these it's probably talked about a lot of other books but this idea that like we do that where we see somebody who knows a lot about one or two things and then bestow kind of like other Everything. expertise on them or knowledge yeah. on them. And then yeah. again, I guess that, 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 that kind of amplifies when you're in that guru position, you know, it's like, Oh, like, you know, about one arm handstands and then all of a sudden people are asking you about like raising their children. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, it's, 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 and it's seductive because then you kind of do think that, you know, I mean, don't we all think, you know, like we always think we have something figured out. And if somebody tells us that we actually figured out it because they believe in us, it's damn seductive to, to like become this like guru type, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's a tough, tough thing. Um, and also obviously in this economy, this way we can also earn money and money is, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, some, some, like he said, money is oxygen. And this is something very important in the day and age we live in. Like we need this to kind of exist in a way. Um, and so it yeah, becomes a big, a big mess really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that there's something because that, because yeah, the, the thing that you're kind of talking about, like this thing that you can explore through all 
different forms that's not just movement is really like the exploration of the thing that you already have mm-hmm. going through this like discovery of like oh the thing that i'm looking for it's been with me all the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, um but like when the money's involved there's a seduction to try to like make it seem like well you don't actually have the thing mm-hmm. right because you give me the money and then I give you this thing, right? Right. And then I need to keep you around and keep making you feel like, well, you haven't like found the thing quite yet. Like mm-hmm. you're close to the thing, but like, it's not there yet. Yeah. Right. And the big secret is just like, no, no, no. Like it's, it's there. So like, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult position to be in. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I'm just thinking now, you know, about the kind of the yeah. We talked about Alan Watts and his his books and his talks and everything, and it's like the game of hiding, hide and seek. It's a nice, uh, like the game of hide and seek of the universe. You know, um, this is very interesting and something I'm always. I mean, I, I said like this movement thing is kind of a playing field. Um, and what gives me, and it's inspired by what Ellen what said for sure, a lot of ease in this whole thing is of thinking about it like a game that you are playing. Um, so I think maybe this can give this like a little more lightness and a little bit less uh, the, the perception of... Um, yeah, just work and, and toughness of life and et cetera. If, um, yeah, we approach it and then we can play a game really, really well and be very, I mean, you said it in your workshop yourself, um, what, what it is, like, what is it to play a game um, really well? It's not necessarily like winning all the time. It's continuing the play and having this exploration through it. So um, this every time realizing that something I was looking for actually is already there. Um, but then also forgetting that it is the thing. And I mean, because if we would know that probably we can sit on a mountain and be happy all day. Right. But um, <laughs> this is the, the game we kind of all play. And it's very, very exciting of forgetting and understanding again over and over and over again. Um, and if we perceive it like a game, maybe even though there are moments that are very, hard and tough and if we remind ourselves we can bring some some lightness into this um and i really think people need that and i really think movement is a good entry point to 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 realize something yeah and i think that there's like uh yeah when you mentioned like the lightness it's this like idea to me that like to also remind people that there's like there's like a magic on the other side of a discovery that like, and discoveries are not always the things that you set out to find, right? And that's when you're talking about when you're playing, it's like, you're gonna find the things that you didn't know were there. Whereas like when you set out and it's like super goal oriented, like you can earn something and that's not not satisfying, but then you feel inclined to go earn another thing right after. Mm-hmm. whereas like the feeling you get of like discovery just kind of like wants to keep you in the world of the play not that yeah. you're trying to make more discoveries but like just discovery is inevitable 
you know, by, by, by yeah, yeah. place. Yeah. But there is a lightness to that. You know what I mean? Because it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's, it's not a trek up a mountain. It's kind of like a, just a, it's just a trek through all things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, we, we only can kind of appreciate the, these, these, I mean, I think it's really ironically really hard <laughs> to get into the, like to, to let go to a, to a degree that we can actually appreciate those discoveries Mm-hmm. for what they are of like genuine discoveries of things we didn't know we want to know and but we realized and then they were there and this is the actual thing that the thing is about i mean the thing i'm talking about is like life um i think culturally yeah like you said we're very very attached to this i want to have this now i reach this um and yeah, to me, and I mean, I don't know how you think about this, but goals, for example, goal setting, I think still is very, very important. Like I said earlier, what I did throughout the last like years, um, I set so many goals. I reached some, but I also reached very different stuff that wasn't co- like completely not on my roadmap, you know, but I wouldn't have gone this direction if I wouldn't have set the goal to actually go there and to like, to, to, because I think maybe it's this, it's ingrained in our humanity as well to have this need to, you know, to, to know that that we strive towards something that we want to reach. And it was food back in the days or whatever, um, or shelter or mating or, but it's, it's, within some some of this i mean if you listen to andrew huberman like a lot of this related to dopamine to our biologic bio, biology um but this do you have you or do you listen i mean i'm not not listening to him now but back like years ago i listened a lot to jordan peterson um mm. no okay and i don't really like what he's doing in the last couple of years, but he has some very interesting lectures back in the day of like the hero and archetype and how we, how we perceive the world, how we reach goals, etc. And it's very contradictory to what Alan Watts is saying. I always struggled to like, because both were very, very influential, but they kind of didn't match uh, in, in the philosophy. At least I thought so. Um, but actually, I think it's just, the matter game that Alan Watts kind of is talking about, which which is important, like this bird's eye view where you go out of the, you know, the day-to-day thing that is the, the what we do, like waking up, trying to reach some goals, trying to get somewhere. It's, it's much more like if you go in this bird's eye view, you see the relationships, you see how one thing that seemed to be bad actually isn't bad, but really helped you and, you learn something on the path to a goal that you didn't reach. And without the bird's eye view, you, you would never realize that actually it was much more, more valuable to learn this one thing that you didn't even like think existed before, uh, even though you failed in your endeavor. But then as well, in order to have this and to have a playing field to, to, to realizing this, there's another game that is maybe the more day-to-day game, which is, okay, I, 
I go, I, I wake up, I have my goals, then I, I work for them, I, I prioritize, I play the cultural game of where is my role in this world, how I can help my people next, the people next to me, how I can be like a valuable asset to society, how, you know, earning money and all this. Um, and it's also a beautiful game to play. Um, it's just on a different layer. And I think both layers are so insanely important um, in order to find some sort of happiness uh, in this uh, in this life. At least this is what, what I experienced so far. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe this is valuable as well. Yeah, I think what you're saying is really interesting, at least like kind of talking about your experience and this relationship to goals, because it's you know, you asked, you, you said, you like, I don't know what you think. And as you were talking, I was, you were kind of describing to some degree what I think. And it's, <laughs> I, but I, I distill it down to just being like, to just not be defined by the goals, mm -hmm. which to me, like provides the willingness to get lost. Yes. You know, it's like pointing in a direction and being like, I'm going to start hiking that way because there's something over there that looks really interesting. Mm -hmm. but along the way being willing to be like, Oh man, there's this like dirt road over here. Like, where's that going to go? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll go that way just a little bit and see what's over there. Because mm -hmm. I think that there's like a lot of like def people are, and this is not like people's, whenever I say people do something, I don't mean it as though like it's a bad choice. I mean that like so many of these things are just emergences from like the way life and culture is now, yeah, you know, for sure. So people often are led to, to, to feel like if they have a goal, they have to achieve it. And actually life is about achieving goals and like that your goal and the amount of goals you achieve define who you are. That's why people, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why there's a line two miles long or whatever <laughs> going up Everest. No, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> they're defined by getting to the top. You know, of that the bucket, bucket list jet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not what I'm, I'm so interested in. I'm actually like, I actually love the idea of people using goals as like the way to make all the other discoveries, mm -hmm. almost like pointing in a direction and be like, I might never get to that thing, but like, it's going to send me somewhere where like other things will be found if I allow that to happen and not being so kind of caught up on just like, well, Google Maps says this is the quickest route. So I'm going to like, I'm taking the quickest route. It's just kind of being like, well, there's like a star over there. Like, let's start walking that way and see what's over there. Like, oh, it, it smells like there might be something delicious at the end. Like, what if I go mm -hmm. that way? And then you get halfway and you realize like, oh, but there's this better smell over here. And that's okay too. Yeah. It's a yeah, long yeah, way yeah. of saying that, like, you know, where they say like, you know, the, the, the you know, the journey is the, the whatever. Exactly. <laughs> You know, but like yeah. that, that it's like people can say all these like funny little cliche lines, but like living them is a really difficult thing in this day and age where people are kind of so defined by like what they post on Instagram and, 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 you know, defined by these like peak experiences and the, and the mm -hmm. amount of things that they can collect and hold on to and, and show everybody when it's just like, you know, the, that getting lost thing is where I think that that feeling of what we already have emerges really nicely. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. 
I, I always say that like, I don't really know what our purpose is, but I know when I feel mm-hmm. purposeful and it has yeah. a lot to do. Like when my, when I'm, when my nervous system is, is interacting with the world in an authentic way. And that happens a lot in the, like the getting lost place. Yes. No, it's, yeah, it's very, yeah, I feel this for sure. I, I think what you're, what I'm hearing from what you just said a lot is also the importance for listening to what's interesting, mm-hmm. um, interesting, like to you personally. And I think this is not really easy um, because this, this, this getting lost is kind of, you, it's in a way you're, you're pulled in some direction, right? You're on a, on a way and then you see something and something in you, whatever that is, sees that there is something like you, you need to go there. Um, maybe that is some sort of yeah, some, some potential exploration, some potential emergence of, of something that's, that's meaningful to you. Um, and I really, you, 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 in the workshop you, we had the weekend, you, you talked a lot about the placing awareness. Um, and in the morning, in the standing practice, we, we did a lot of different ways of placing this awareness. And I think that this part of actually being able to kind of move this internal world in a way, not in the sense of controlling and like doing something very specific with it, but in the sense of um, listening is so important, especially in this day and age where we are, because when we go out now, out of, out of the door into the city, I'm pulled fucking everywhere. Like I can't like trust in the sense, the super wish, superficial uh, interest my, my body tells me because I see like a very delicious ad for something very sugary on the one wall. And then I see, I don't know, some, you know, like everything just pulls me in every direction. So to have the ability to listen a little bit deeper and to kind of let this awareness sink to a layer where maybe we actually connect to something that's like deeply interesting. And then maybe after that, eventually it becomes something meaningful um, is uh, yeah, such an important, um, such an important part. And like circle back to why I think the movement practice is so interesting as well, because of this in everything that we do, it's not just, the what we do, but then there is the how we do the thing we do, like the qualities that are present, the different flavors, the different textures we we interact with, the way we interact with them, the other humans that are there. Everything is really requiring us to be this like a life connected thing that is interacting with um, with the world around us by by yeah sensing, um, and I think. Yeah, I mean, this is what I think is really important. <laughs> no, to, I mean, you're you're, you're like to you're, learn to think. You're like talking about like the the thing, yeah, like this idea of of curiosity and 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 sensitivity. I think some people are often led to feel like they should do things exactly as the expert is like laid out because like they've been there and done it before. Mm-hmm. And I'm not against that. 
if that's where your kind of curiosity, like, or if that's where my curiosity brings me, but there needs to be this like reminder that like, oh, like the person who's created the system, that is actually just a byproduct of them tinkering and their mm-hmm. curiosity. And there's this beautiful thing that can happen when, when, you know, someone can be a teacher or facilitator and they can inspire someone's curiosity and, mm-hmm. and be there to like offer support or information rather than just like always providing answers. Because then you have this, yeah. like all these people kind of like percolate out into the world with their like unique curiosity that you've helped them kind of like point to, you know, yeah. by also laying down that, like maybe that base layer of like sensitivity. Right. So mm-hmm. then they're like, you know, out there looking and listening and, and, and feeling, but there's a lot of like, well, my curiosity could never be as, as unique and as, as profound as like this, this guru's curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it's fine. You know, like you can go on a hike and you can go on the trail a little bit and you can go off the trail. Like I've done that before. Like you're right. You go on a hike and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trail, and you're like, Oh, let's go over these rocks. And then you come back to the trail and you go over the other thing and then you come back to the trail. So it's like, it can be both. I think sometimes people yeah. th- hear me and they think that like, I just want to like swing it all in the other direction, but like, yeah, there's this beautiful kind of like dynamic dance that can happen with both sides of the scales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that, that thing you're talking about too, where you're saying that like, you're, you're basically saying that the content, right. Is just like, as I've mentioned, like, is like a vehicle for the message. Right. So you have yeah. this like yeah. little message and like the way you present the content is like about the values and the quality and everything. Like I think about that a lot, like, Oh, people can take my content and present it in a hundred different ways mm-hmm. for different messages. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like I, you could, you could teach all the things that I taught almost verbatim, but with like the underlying tone of a different kind of value. Absolutely. And vice versa. And I think that that, the, the fact that you're thinking about that is, um, is, is so valuable because I think some people t- sometimes people just, just get caught up on the content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and maybe it's also the nerdy side in me <laughs> that, <laughs> you know, that likes to dig into this why and, and how thing a lot. Um, but then in the end of the day, this is also what creates meaning in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is yeah again the, the game I, I I found that is very very interesting to me, um, to like really use this like you said the, the the container to dive into what is it actually inside um, and what I always tell my like the people that that train with me my students the the, the um, members of this school is the I think, and it doesn't necessarily be need to be with me, but I think it would be very, very beautiful if everybody finds a way to make this a practice of or for life. However, this will um, change over the years. Obviously, it won't be the same thing for the rest of your life, but to find an entry into something that will stick with you like a certain perspective um and i will find all different permutations but it is not 
because this is I see something very very um, uh, happen very very often in our our societies that we start something then we drop it and it's a clear cut right I did some fitness training and then I did it for a year and then I'm not doing it anymore and it's completely disconnected from me as a person um, it's just something I did mm-hmm. but I think it would be very beautiful to find this red thread that is connecting everything that we are doing every day um, and makes it into this one beautiful journey um, that every, everyone is going and, and to actually sense that it is, it is all connected and that we don't think we are wasting time by doing this one thing or not doing this other thing, but that like figuring out that this actually is the path we're going and it's all one. So if they eventually drop out in my school because they move to another city or they want to do something on their own or whatever, then to not say, oh, I'm not doing this movement thing anymore, but to like take the perspective, this deeper layer and use it for whatever they are doing in the future. And I mean, if not, then this is also part of their journey, but uh, <laughs> I think this would be very, um, yeah, very beautiful. And I tried to communicate that because um, this is where a lot of uh, value in my life came from to have this connection. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a, it's like a bold um, offering. Yeah. And like a noble offering. Cause it's also giving people permission to leave. Yeah. I mean, I, I really hope they don't. <laughs> yeah, but in some uh, way, you know, you know what I mean, it's a little bit of like that, that thing where yeah. it's like, you know, like you know, this is something we get to do together and it's really fun, but you're like, you don't need me. Absolutely. And, and maybe, I mean, I mentioned Marcello and I, I, I'm just assuming people who listen to this podcast know who he is, but he was on, on a guest a couple of weeks back and two times already, right? On your podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's one of my biggest influences in this world of movement. I would say he's a very good friend of mine. We know each other for, for years, but he's also a mentor figure for me and from the beginning we were friends like before we started a coaching like student teacher relationship because we got to know each other on our first like movement workshop in Zurich years back but then slowly I started to like embark on a coaching relationship with him and um, I did that for some years very intensely and then I dropped out because of different like reasons Um, probably one of them was financial one of them was time-wise, et cetera. But we always kept the connection going. And from the beginning, um, we were like talking to each other and we were saying, okay, let's go. This is something for a long time. And we are in it like for, you know, for the long run. And I always, because of this relationship we have, I always re- like come back to him. I always want to reconnect. And we, we are in this yeah beautiful relationship that not, is not necessarily always in this uh, I go to him and he's preaching whatever he's like, you know, it's not the the way the relationship works, but um, it's for the long run. I'm sure that in 20 years we will look and we will like, you know, drink a coffee together. And I mean, I don't think he actually drinks coffee, but you know what I mean? Um, And I think this is very beautiful. And I wish that this is uh, something also my students feel with me. Um, I'm very happy for their support because this is also obviously a big part of what it is, is that it enables me to research, to do all the things I want to do, um, to live the life I want to live because they are 
here willing to live practice with me uh, learn from me um but yeah if they need to go at some point uh, this is what needs to happen and hopefully the connection is there that they will keep that connection as, as well over the long run yeah yeah it feels more like the um it's not exactly the same but a little bit of that like more like a kind of like apprentice mentor type relationship than like the teacher student relationship a little bit Mm -hmm. sometimes like i think in like our world it's almost like the teacher student relationship only exists when like the money is being exchanged yeah (laughs) and and that's done it's like all right well we're done (laughs) yeah kind of the apprentice mentor thing it's like oh well like this is something that exists and changes over time and 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 it should evolve it should change you know yeah. at different at different periods you know like i mean your school's new but like you know if you have all the same people coming there in 10 years like that might be odd you know like, <laughs> yeah, like maybe. every every everybody should eventually go or, or go somewhere else just because of the nature of their life and, and yeah and, and changed right i mean hopefully there is a lot of movement and a lot of change and flux in in their lives and my life um and i think there is this yeah i, I really wish that this there's this beautiful freedom of the parts moving freely but having this connection not a connection in the sense of tightly clinging to each other but in the sense of being yeah on a deeper level very um very yeah connected connected to each other um yeah beautiful yeah i know you were like because we had talked about alan watts a little bit at the workshop and you brought him up earlier but like it's one of these things that i think he probably brought up a lot in like different lectures and in books but the idea of kind of like comparing like psychotherapy to a lot of the organized religions you know and that like the differences is like the psychotherapy is like there to like bring you in to stay as long as you need and then you leave so that someone else can come in yeah whereas like religions are like made you make you feel like you're never going to be enough if you leave like you to be Mm -hmm. enough to like make it to like the 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 holy place you better stay yeah yeah and I see that sometimes like in different, um, yeah, different schools. And I don't think it's bluntly, it's said that way, but there could be, it can be made, people can be made to feel like, oh, like, oh, like if, if you leave, you know, like you're yeah. out and, and you're, and you're not on like the, the path anymore or something. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think really, yeah. For the the and I, I think I have to say a but to the situation as well now because I realized so for for this relationship to happen as well because it's now obviously it's not like a person comes in is a member for two months and then he leaves and we will have a connection for the rest of the life our lives right so <laughs> yeah. um, so there there has to be this um, involvement from both sides. And it's always like this connection builds always in the sense around a certain value exchange as well. Like 
we 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 share perspectives we share moments we share experiences and um like the existence of the person like both of our like the connection kind of elevates us as both so this would be like the for me the ideal scenario and um sometimes the direction of let's call it more effort comes more from one side to a certain degree and then at one point maybe the direction comes more from the other side or equals out um, but if there's the desire to keep this connection from both sides then um, it can happen uh, so it's it's really and then the connection hopefully stays but the work and the type of the connection this will change over the years and like you said when i have nothing to give in this sense anymore then the type of connection will change and, and they don't need to come to class all day and then do the do stuff because they receive what they need to receive whatever that is and they move on and hopefully maybe share it with somebody else or um yeah this is the nature of this of this work i think um but with your new school everybody better stay i'm saying it right <laughs> now <laughs> <laughs> Yes. At six months in, everybody stay. <laughs> Nobody leave. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I would be very appreciative of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, but, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's fair. I mean, because it's something, man, I really struggled with when I owned the, the studio was like this idea of teaching people to fish rather than handing mm -hmm. them fish. Yeah. You know? Because the handing them fish made them like dependent on me. And I wanted a certain amount of dependency. Mm -hmm. I had bills to pay and not that same realization that like, oh, well, New York has 18 million people. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's okay if like some people come and go. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, because there's this, there was this, this fear. And I realized that like, hey, like we did amazing things in there, but like, was I teaching people to fish? I don't think so because it wasn't really my intention. My intention was to yeah. keep people coming in the next day. Yeah, and then, yeah. And yeah, it's the fact that, you know, we're, we're able to kind of like speak openly about it and like kind of bounce the ideas around like, you know, influences things in, in, in some way. And it's also just nice to hear that like someone out there has a studio who's like attempting to do it, you know, in a different way than <laughs> now how I did it. I humbly try. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the. I I also think in my. So, from observing, how the kind of fitness culture uh, has developed, and from what I think people need and and want, or maybe need but don't know that they want. <laughs> um, I realized as well that my teaching is a big part, obviously my personality, the way I speak to the people, the way I welcome them in and give them a direction and then help them grow or experience and explore um, this world of movement. Um, I think actually a large part of why they stay is also the people that are there with them. So the community, the getting together. And I think even if I don't have like to this specific person, like 
anything more to offer than even coming together in a space where something is offered that is obviously still valuable, but maybe they even moved after, like past a certain um, level. I mean, I, I have like plenty of students now who, in terms of physical ability in some directions, surpassed me. I, 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 I mean, I can still I understand certain concepts, concepts much deeper because I learned them on a different layer, but uh, in terms of like strength development of whatever, they're, they're like past my level. Um, but they still come to, to practice and to, to come into in, in the community. And I think the relationships, yeah, relationships changed. Um, but yeah, this is nice, beautiful. Really so thankful you, for that as well. Like, you know, you go to like a jujitsu school, there's like still all these black belts who show up. Right. yeah exactly oh there's still so much to 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 learn from like all these different types of people who are coming in the door yeah right and i mean eventually we you, you realize as well okay i don't necessarily learn from the from the teacher i have from the person and from whatever they know but i learned from the scenarios that are created and whatever whatever scenario will be created and facilitated by this group is this is a situation I can grow immensely from. So, if there is this area where those scenarios are facilitated, then it really is not the important part that the teacher that is leading whatever that is is this huge master and and can do everything. Um, but there is the yeah the space and the energy to actually learn from the experience. Yeah, it's like, a, the, you know, I always think that like, like the great teachers don't have answers. They just have really nice questions. Mm -hmm. They're good at posing yeah, it's questions. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like, hey, like, what do you, what's over there? Let's all go look what's over there. Not like, hey, uh -huh. let me tell you exactly how things are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think this is also important, like to have guidance and direction in the beginning when you're completely lost in a very chaotic world. Um, you know, to have some order to to hold on to. Um, I mean, this is the again the idea from from the chaos and order, yin and yang uh, thing. Also, like Jordan Peterson talked about a lot about. Um, and I think both sides are very important. And even though people can play from the beginning, and I think they should. Um, if I go into another country and I can't speak. The, the language it's definitely beneficial to learn some vocabulary and to learn some like how do this like how how, how does this communication work how is the cultural thing etc and if we have those resources from other people i mean this is how, how how the whole humanity is built right from giving knowledge from generations to generations etc so benefiting from this as well um, is very important uh, but yeah, then again, um, the, the facilitation of, of scenarios where this learning can take can take place is the other part of the of the coin. I think just to explore and to play into. Yeah, the way what I'm I realized I've been saying it for a really long time, and then I spoke to I forget who I spoke to, but the, oh, you know what was it was uh, Joseph Bartz, mm -hmm. and he. I don't know how it came about that I was talking about this kind of way, this like facilitating idea. Yeah. And he said that like in, in certain cultures, it's like called like coyote learning. And I think he was referencing uh, some books 
by this guy named Tom Brown, I want to say his name is, who's like, um, mm-hmm. I think he's like so, uh, like a real elder in the world of like bushcraft and things like that. And mm-hmm. his reference to coyote learning. Mind you, I haven't read any of these books, but I'm, I'm, I did look up coyote learning after he mentioned it, but it's that idea of like taking someone out to learn without teaching them. You know, and like that, that is like how certain cultures were like doing a lot of like the teaching. It was the teaching without yeah. the teaching. Mm-hmm. It was the like, hey, look over there approach. Yeah, 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 for sure. So it's like not a new idea, is what I'm saying. It's just like it's something that's been around and that, you know, yeah. some people who existed in certain ways. And it sounds like people who often existed in a way where they were like um, experiencing the world in like an authentic way on a regular basis. Mm-hmm went about sharing information or 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 educating Mm -hmm. and i think you you mentioned in your workshop this is the way then how you actually learn the in-between stuff as well you know that the stuff that isn't not being or not possible really to articulate um like the the i I would even say the like the proper thing (laughs) like what it's actually about um, because I mean, you see that in university a lot where I, I never went like really to university, but, um, from what I, from what I experienced, like from, from stories, et cetera, is that you get a lot of information and you learn this, but then it's just this, not just, but often a lot, like very disconnected pile of information you have, and then you're finished university, you have this nice little paper. And then you are thrown into like the real world. And then you actually have to figure out the whole in-between again. Mm-hmm. Like, even though you already all, like, have all this like kind of checkpoints maybe, or like points in between, like uh, the, the information you collected, mm, it's still not, 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 not anything coherent, coherent, real life applicable often, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is where the coyote learning then probably is more helpful but also probably takes longer in the sense of uh, graduating um, and in our world it's longer it's not really sexy <laughs> yeah i was just th- i was thinking about it because i just wrote this piece about i mean you saw it i was like carving the the spoon because simon gave yeah. me a piece of wood and some tools and and some directions to go um but yeah i was like i remember when i was carving it and i started like it felt like no wood was coming off the block and like after an hour and two hours i was like this is not going anywhere even though i can look at the ground mm-hmm. and see like wood shavings everywhere i looked at the block and i'm like this doesn't look <laughs> different but realizing that it was a it was a process that would like not allow me to be mm-hmm. patient no exactly it's, it's self-correcting yeah exactly yeah and there are a lot of things that are that are like that but they're like there are these processes that like involve kind of like the, 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 I don't like the word natural necessarily, but like, I, I like the word authentic, like that authentic interacting with the world where it's like, you can't be impatient with like gardening. Yeah. You know, like maybe you can be impatient with building a fire and go grab like gasoline or something. But if you're building mm-hmm. a fire, like you can't be impatient. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta go through like, the, the the process that involves like the spirit and the technique yeah 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 for sure yeah it's connected yeah yeah and there's something to like going through those things that like maybe 
feeds your potential for patience with other things. That's just a guess, but like, I think that there's mm-hmm. something to that because you're just a little more like, oh, like nothing has to happen now because I witnessed yeah. how beautiful things can be when I don't need them to happen now. Yeah, yeah. Like now that you say that, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the word or idea of quality. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure if you read the uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. I have yeah. read it and I'm actually rereading it right now. It's funny you bring yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a beautiful book. I think I also want to reread it again, but I'm moving this like term of quality a lot in my head with everything I do. And I think what you just mentioned as well with, um, um, you know, carving, let's say like carving a spoon, even though like, obviously there is a goal, right? What we talked earlier, you want to have the, the, the spoon. But you won't arrive there at the spoon if you like miss a small step. So every like little carve you do has has to have this quality to it. And that the more we understand this process and the more we are willing to like dive in and maybe also let go this end end result uh, in, in, uh, of finishing this thing, the more quality can can come to every like, stroke of the of the knife on, on the on the wood you know and i think this is very true with a lot of skill acquisition that we really try to rush getting to the end position um uh, when we think about acrobatics or whatever and then the more we do this and the more we fall on our ass while doing it i realized that there is so much in the in between so when i'm now offering or teaching the the situation of like acrobatics for example i really try to in the way make it boring in the sense of not working on the very very big moves um I, we still do this but really trying to get a connection to bringing a certain quality to every little small step um, and this really heightens for me heightens sensitivity um, and then eventually the ability to also sense this within larger moves. And this is what you then see when you have very like expert performers that have been like doing so many reps and so many like focus on how exactly is this move performed? How, how can I achieve a certain quality, et cetera? Then you, you see this efficiency, you see the, the way they move and you think, oh, wow, how did they do this? Um, and then if you know all those little like ideas that are present in the smallest moves, you can move just as smooth as all the like very good people, just maybe in very small, <laughs> in a very small situation. But to me, what it does, it connects, connects this practice much more with the moment and the awareness of doing the thing and doing it with a certain quality to it, uh, rather than always looking for the next thing it's what we do anyway all the time so like yeah. Yeah, pulling quality, this focus I, back yeah for for people maybe who haven't read the book quality is like the the what happens when you see like like technique and spirit or when you see like classical and romantic yeah like kind of emerge into the one and yeah, yeah like when i think of that in terms of like acrobatics for example I, I think Tom is just a, Tom Wexler is like a really nice mm-hmm. example where it's yeah. like, you don't necessarily see 
technique and spirit it's all one thing yeah like you see the 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 romance and the classical happening simultaneously yeah you know exactly and that's that's when you're like that that thing when people look at it and they're like oh well that's of quality yes i'm drawn to seeing that you're like oh it's because that's the thing that you're witnessing you know like when in jujitsu, like I train at um, Marcelo Garcia in New York. And when people watch mm-hmm. Marcelo, like Amazing, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, it's that, yeah. Like you're seeing the classical and the romantic happen all at once. It's just, they, yeah, I think we really, between the two. we really have a sense for that as well. It's like a, we, we immediately recognize this quality in things when we have the compare like it's this, wow, what, what, what are they doing? Like, it's like so magical to witness this, the, the way and i mean it, it this this exists also obviously in, on, on different levels but i think we really have this i think it's highly i mean yeah maybe we can debate on this uh, eventually but <laughs> highly connected to this efficiency thing um where you th- where you see joseph uh Fru- from from fighting monkey who i take a lot of inspiration from he talks a lot of in in um, communication of your body not necessarily with the outside and with others even though this is also important but within itself like how the communication of every joint and every piece of your body is um to its neighbor to to the totality to the structure and i think we really see if something communicates really well um and when and everything just like you said becomes like this one one thing yeah right because we have this yeah. potential to be extremely efficient yeah like in terms of like, yeah, how our internal structure communicates, how you and I communicate and like how we can communicate with like the spaces we, we move through. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's, you know, brings it back to like the, the sensitivity is a lot of it and the rhythmicality. No, exactly. You have to. Day, and they're like, oh, like, what do you think like the, the basics are? Because people are talking about like pushups and chinups and things like that. Yeah. It's like, I think today, I think the basics are rhythmicality and sensitivity yeah yeah you know no absolutely bare bones yeah (laughs) i think yeah i mean you you because this is the thing this quality doesn't emerge from repetition if you just repeat it it's not become like it's not becomes of quality um it's a repetition with a very finely tuned awareness to what is happening and, and what you are doing um i think that that then will eventually maybe lead you somewhere like this and and then together with the spirit with a with the fire that you put into it etc um and this is also why maybe it's very rare <laughs> because um maybe like back when we were hunter gatherers the t- situation forced us to bring this awareness but oftentimes this is not the case. When we see a move on Instagram and we try to replicate it, or it could be the most simplest like movement you do, you can just somewhat do it and then you can put a check mark behind it and then you achieved your goal of reaching whatever cartwheel or like more more hard acrobatic move or whatever. But to like stick with this and find, you know, sink, sinking in this depth of the skill um, and allowing. Do you hear the church builds? Is that too loud? <laughs> no, I hear them. I was wondering what that was. It's cool though. Yeah, it's, it's I was thinking church about what you're saying though, that like it's the um yeah, like it's like you know, you mentioned hunting, right? And like 
you can go shoot a bow mm-hmm. over and over and over and over, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to hunt. Yeah. Hunting involves like the technique of shooting a bow and the romance of understanding how to like move through the forest. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All of your senses participating. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and it only can be learned in coyote learning, right? It's only through the experience what we were talking earlier, like it's not in you know, a textbook won't give you anything <laughs> with right. that. Right. That's why it's like, it's never, you know, it's never an, or it's an ant. Yeah, it's exactly. Ant. You know, it's, but I think people get into these like, and mind or, or mindsets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that I always use is people would be like, Oh, I need to be more, you know, parasympathetic or something mm-hmm. like you can't just be an exhale. No, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And there's a reason for it. Yeah. One beautiful book. I don't know if you know it. it, It's one of my um, teachers for, let's say, the more internal works. Um, His name is Craig Mallett from Australia. Not sure if you know him. He's a um, student of another guy, Serge Augier, who's um, practicing or teaching the the very ancient and very... um, yeah, just a very old uh, Taoist, clan Taoist practice that he's the facilitator of. Um, and he, Craig um, wrote a book um, I can highly recommend for everybody. It's uh, called Dancing Between the Opposites. And I love this title. Um, Me too. I was just thinking he, that when you said that. Yeah, um, because he, yeah, he, it's, it's a lot about the Taoist philosophy mixed with his experience within the movement realm and, and, and whatever he did with his life but um yeah it's beautiful beautifully explains a couple of concepts and just this idea is very dear to me and i keep it with me a lot this dancing between the opposites because i mean we were talking earlier about this playing in life and looking at things maybe more playfully and i think dance comes very close into this idea as well um yeah then we have again the the and and mindset and not the the or situation right yeah uh yeah yeah i wish i wish for more ands and less ors but you know maybe that'll take take a lot more time but it's nice to see that like you know that it's 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 being thought about more and more especially like in uh in movement you know yeah yeah absolutely um yeah i mean so one, one more thing I'm, I'm just thinking of with the different with the quality idea when we are in the, in the when I'm teaching the, the, the certain skills let's just stick with the cartwheel for example um, we are all very stuck to the different variations and the complexity of how this move progresses of oh, what kind of hard variation of a cartwheel can I do a helicoptero or a com- combination of different you know all the whatever there is but then i also think there are two directions we can take like in, in, in terms of growth and one that more and more is much more interesting to me and it took a long time actually to find this connection is this depth of quality that you can explore in, infinitely with a simple like single move um where you can do the same move over and over, but it becomes 
different and you learn more about this move about your body about the weight shifting or whatever is part of this like rhythmicality etc what, what, what is within this move and um yeah i think the those those two directions is um yeah it's very important i kind of had a like small existential crisis <laughs> when i'm not sure if i told you but a couple of years back i completely ditched strength training mm -hmm. like cold turkey i didn't do it anymore um as an experiment experiment and the story is as follows that my whole life when i was 12 years old i started with like calisthenics and i always had the feeling of being small and i wanted to you know get buff and be a big dude and whatever like blah 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 like teenage stuff and then <laughs> this started my journey actually within this trainer um trainer uh, path becoming a pt as well and, and and for years from 12 to 24 i would say i did strength training in some some way it started with calisthenics then i did some powerlifting, then i did some bodybuilding then i did some only lifting then i did calisthenics again and then i did you know like, but it was always a big part of what I did. And it was always, oh, I want to prepare. I want to be strong. I want to be capable, blah, blah, blah. But then I don't know where this thought, thought came from, but I like just normal summer day, I, <laughs> I thought of what if I just stopped this strength training? And then I, lit, I really got scared. Like internally, I, I got afraid of this thought of not doing strength training anymore because I realized how attached I am to what, the strength training did to me and how it changed me um, and how much it's part of my personality. I'm the guy who is like muscular, you know, like looking fit, being like whatever, strong. And it was really a big part of who I am. Um, yeah. And then I just decided to not do it anymore uh, as an experiment. First, I was like, okay, I do it for half, I don't do it for half a year. And then I think I ended up to like really don't do strength training for two years. Um, the first half of the year was really no strength impulse of any, any sort, but then something like sneak back into my practice just through, through using it. Um, in parkour, obviously I will climb up the wall and then this is some sort of strength training, but nothing like repetition based and, and um, yeah, reaching goals checking check mark uh, like all, all this like checking boxes um and this was actually the the entry for me much deeper to figuring out this quality side or this depth side of certain moves because i had to i had really this is what i mean with existential crisis a problem of motivation within my movement practice because suddenly everything that inspired me to do things which actually i realized in hindsight was kind of coming from a point of lacking from a point of I need more, I need to be stronger, I need to add something. Now it was not there anymore. I didn't have this as the driving force. So something else has to had to emerge. And I think there's where I found more value in this playing and in this exploration and in um, in the yeah thinking like doing a cartwheel, but doing it in a like find the quality within it, find the the joy in the in the simplicity there. I really yeah. love that story. I really love that story. <laughs> I've had similar experiences, but I'm not going to share them because I actually think that you should, that, that, that story is like a nice way to like 
punctuate everything that we've talked about. I think it's really, really nice. nice. <laughs> and also liberating for people to hear that coming from you. Yeah, yeah. And the like surprising part of it, I barely lost any strength. This is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like so yeah, it's quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. If um if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do it? Yeah, I would say um yeah, come to Instagram. This is where I'm most active. Um it's uh, the art to move. Um and in general I have a website, you can contact me there as well. Or I mean, it's the internet, like Google my name. It's either Nikolai Pavlas or it's uh, the Art Move or School of Movement. I have many <laughs> ways to find me. And this is, uh, yeah, one of them. Well, this was awesome. I'm so happy that we got to meet in person just before doing this. And it means the world to me that not only did you do this, but that you were also at my workshop. And, and that yeah, was amazing. Man. But, it, but I realized with everybody there, it was a bigger one that like we got to chat like in little spurts, but that like we got to do this right after. So it feels like we've gotten to have like the conversation exactly. we were supposed to have over the weekend, but there was just there was just too much. No, amazing. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for having me, man. Really, okay. really appreciate it.